You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. What's up, everybody? How are you holding up? I mean, I let's be honest. This is just, we're like a week out from the election. I know Orange County, where I live right now, is on fire. And it's just, man, 2020, right? What a year to forget. But I'm still celebrating independent music and uh, having discussions with people who support it, who are creating it, who are involved with it, and still care about it. Because let's be honest, even though our world has been completely, completely altered and changed, we still care about this stuff a lot. And today I have Evan Patterson from J Jail, which is his uh, you know most recent band and project. But then he also played in Young Windows, Breathe or Resist, and just just a guy that has been doing music for a very very long time out of Louisville, Kentucky, and a great friend. Like it's he's one of those guys where I haven't talked to him in probably ten plus years. And we dove right back into this conversation, and it was just like we were hanging out in my living room when they would crash at my place on tour. Whew. Anyways, uh, the reason I'm breathing heavy is because like there's literal ash that is descending on uh, Southern California right now due to a huge, huge wildfire. So uh, yeah, please, please take care of people where you can, and you know, be safe. Like that's just, I know it sounds like so basic, but uh, that's that I, I, every day. I wake up and I think that just like, just be safe. Just try to get through the day. And man, when you wake up and the sky is, is orange, it's just, it's terrifying. But I got to recently support chain reaction. So for those of you that do not live in Southern California or, you know, maybe just don't pay attention to the, uh, the Southern California music scene, chain reaction is a music venue that has been longstanding and an incredibly important part to the punk, hardcore, indie rock, whatever you want to call it scene, mostly the independent music scene. And, uh, they are, are threatening to close their doors. When I say they are threatening, it's because they have obviously not had a show there in over seven months and they've got no way to create revenue. Bands got together, did a bunch of fundraising. And so, uh, you know, I know the future is unclear for them, whether or not they'll be able to stay at the same location, whether they'll have to move to other places. There's a lot of stuff that has to be sorted out. But for the time being, they are having to uh, shut their doors. And so anyways, I went to uh, Chain Reaction on, I want to say Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, hung out there for a bit just to kind of, I don't know, like say goodbye to the place because I felt... I felt compelled because I had spent so much time there. I played so many shows there. And I know for, for many of us, it's created a ton of memories, friendships, and just, you know, careers. Like it's, it's crazy to be able to attach so much meaning to a building, but that's exactly what chain reaction is. So go to allages.com If you are so inclined to support, they've got merch, they've got a lot of ways that they are trying to strategize to, you know, be able to keep this thing around for future generations. So allages.com. Please go there. Um, and also I I'm doing, this is an experiment, but on, uh, on Saturdays or Sundays, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram at X purpose X, uh, you will be able to see me, uh, go through some records. I actually was, uh, you know, just impromptu yesterday, just kind of, you know, went on Instagram live and was like, Hey, let's, uh, let's talk records. And it was super fun. There was like, you know, about 20 or 30 people in there, people sharing stories about bands that they love. And it was really, really fun. So I encourage you to do that because, uh, yeah, it's just a good way for us to stay in communication, talk about records, do the fun things that you do with your friends, except, uh, now obviously it's much, much less. So Anyways, that's what I got. But you can always email the show too, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. So let's talk to Evan. 
He is such a good dude, a lifer in the realest way possible. And I was really excited to have him on. Um, he is married to Emma Ruth Rundle, who is uh, another incredibly prolific musician. And I mean, his whole family, the Patterson family is just, uh, you know, awash with musical talent. And uh, I love to have Evan on because he is a person that continually pushes the envelope in regards to the music that he creates. So that's what we got this week. And uh, here he is. And of course, at the end of the episode, I will talk to you about what's coming up the following week. So here is Evan. I distinctly remember, you know, helping you with, uh, you know, almost all of your bands, it feels like, <laughs> playing shows at uh, Coos Cafe in Santa Ana, California. Um, yes. Where I just yeah. remember, and I don't even remember who, like, introduced us, but I just remember you, you know, being like, hey, coming through, you know, would love to, you know, play a show anywhere in that general area. Because, like, I just love the, you know, it, whatever. It's like, po- like pre, pre-internet pre slash the beginning of the internet where you just got referenced, like, oh, yeah, you, you talked to drew in omaha or you talk to you know ray in socal like he'll help you with the show um and i think that's how we got introduced yeah it is i mean and then we played you mean we played a few shows together as well yep absolutely yeah yeah for both yeah yeah, both national acrobat and breathe resist as well and i know that yeah yeah and i know that you i'm fairly certain we uh you know you i had you crash my place a couple times as well so we've spent many nights together (laughs) yeah yes but the the thing that I find you know uh, always interesting and compelling for for people like you who have you know painted with a very wide brush in regards to the music that you have kind of created, um, you know it obviously kind of all falls under the you know wide umbrella of independent music. Um, but you've never you've never done the simple thing, Evan. <laughs> you've always you've always been like left of center, and e- even with the stuff that you are doing <laughs> now. Um, I'm just going to guess that that's like always been kind of, you know, who you are from a musical creator where it's just like, well, yeah, I like to do, you know, stuff that is speaking to me, but then, you know, I'm not going to be this, I guess, carbon copy of the things that are going on around me. Yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't even say that that's my mindset as much as it is the thought of, always moving forward, always progressing into something that's equally challenging, you know, rather than like sticking to this one sound of music or or one style and and one, like sticking to this one mold. It's like, to me, like that's almost like becoming the atomic family or something, you know, artistically, it's like, I have to keep, pushing and keep going further and further and further because I, I have no desire to like play the same song I wrote when I was 16. You know, even if it was the most popular song that I wrote at that time, I would probably say like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that kind of an artist. It's like, I have to keep, you know, just keep progressing and growing because that's, 
as, as just a human being and as a mind, it's like, you can't, I don't want to be doing the same things I was 16 in any part of my life. Right. And this, you know, and, and, you know, being 38 now, it's like we met when I was national acrobat. I was probably 17 when we met 17 or 18. Yep. So in 20, in 20 years, I feel very similar to how I did at that time in the creative process still, like I'm still challenging myself and not just saying, this is my framework. This is, this is how I'm going to design these songs and compose. And so it's, it's always like, it's continually to be exciting. It's never like I'm beating the dead horse or, you know, I'm, I'm never, I'm never feeling stuck in my creative process. Sure. Well, and I think it would be funny too if, you know, in like 10 years, you go back to starting a youth crew hardcore band. Like it would just be so, <laughs> it would be so funny to be like, you know what? I'm going to go in the opposite way, you know, where people start that. I'm just going to go ahead and end my musical career with that. <laughs> I mean, I think some people do that. That's that, true. That is, that's something that's been done. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That, but I, I can't. Yeah. You can't say that's your, I can't, your, I can't, I can't really imagine going backwards, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. I know that's true. I, I guess like there is that, uh, you know, wall that some people get into where it's just like, you know, you get like 35, 40 years old and you're like, yeah, I've never played in like a, you know, insert, you know, type of music band here. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, I've never played in like a technical metalcore band. I should probably do that. You know, I've done all this other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's definitely a thing that I think is happening. Yeah, right now. True, yeah. it, it's very true. Um, so you know, there are, there are certain beats to your life in regards to the you know a kind of biography that uh, you know. I, I mean, I know personally, and obviously, I know through your kind of your brother. I know you guys were you know born and raised in a uh, small town, Elizabeth Town, correct, in Kentucky. Elizabeth Town, Kentucky, correct. Yep. Um, which, you know, I, I think for most people, I imagine it's just kind of like a, uh, you know, small suburb of the Louisville area. Um, di- but is that kind of, I mean, most people, I imagine Kentucky being very rural in general, um, is that kind of what your experience was? Yeah. I mean, um, it was strange, you know, my childhood where I was raised, I was born in Lexington, Kentucky and then raised. So age four to 18 till out of high school, I was there and it's, it's very rural, you know, it's, it's like I was, you know, traveling 30, 40 minutes to go to schools at times. And, you know, people were driving tractors to my school and the subculture, you know, there wasn't really much there to introduce you to any kind of subculture, any kind of like, you know, find discovering underground music was through Louisville, you know, it's like with, without Louisville being so close, I don't think that we would have found skateboarding and found, you know, punk rock and, and hardcore music at all. And, you know, I mean, the first house I was raised in, it was, it was strange because, you know, my parents were, my father worked his way up in a company and became like head of a company, a, a telephone company. So it was, we lived in a nice area that was even further away from E-Town but it was, you know, literally my backyard was a cornfield for as far as I could see. I'm pretty sure I saw some UFOs back there. But, uh, <laughs> nice. you know, I would I would play in that cornfield. On the other side, it was a golf course and then there was a country club, you know. And so it was, it was a very strange 
juxtaposition of like of cultures you know it was like you know there was like a trailer park at the end of my street but then my street was only eight houses or so it was it was very interesting yeah that is an interesting you know juxtaposition when you have this sort of like you know the the cornfield that you're describing and then you know kind of the uh, you know, middle class, upper middle class, uh, you know, suburb life because you, I mean, you saying that kids were driving tractors to your high school, like, you know, that is a very specific thing. Like most people that live anywhere outside of the Midwest don't experience that. No, no. I mean, there's like, it wouldn't be allowed. And that's, I don't think it was even allowed in my high school, but it was something that, that these characters thought was um, exciting to show off their tractors and drive them to school. So right, <laughs> that's so funny. I just I, I could just imagine where it's like you know a, a certain subset of people at the high school were impressed, and then there are other people who are just like, "What is? Ha- why are they doing that? That's silly." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely. I think it was mostly eyes being rolled and kind of like get over yourself. <laughs> you know. Sure. And and at the same time, you know, topically, it's like those are the same kids wearing like KKK shirts to school. So, you know, it's it's the dynamic of a Kentucky culture was was it was not it was not healthy, I would say, for anyone to be raised in the Bible Belt of Kentucky from my perspective is like an adult. It's like I, I don't know if I would want to raise a child in rural Kentucky. You know, it's like there's not the education and the surroundings. And, you know, luckily, fortunately, as you can as 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 you can see, it's like my brother and I had an excellent support system and family with like through our mother who was constantly educating herself, even though she was surrounded by the same culture. And, you know, we got to escape all of these ideas that were around us and you know, even even through her being a religious person, I got to educate her as we became educated through music and art and culture. It's, you know, it's, I feel very fortunate that Louisville was so close and we got, you know, we were introduced to very political, you know, anti-right religious style of thinking. It was, you know, it was, it was hard. It was difficult to escape that living in a town. Absolutely. Well, I think most of the upbringing that you're speaking about that, um, you know, comes out where these people have really, you know, (laughs) uncultured opinions. I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where the the reason that it's so entrenched in there is because there's no uh, breadth of human experience that they're being exposed to. It's a very specific Yeah, and when you don't get that, that's when you just end up, you know, looking at the world in front of you, and that's that's the reality. Like, there's nothing else besides that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe a lot of people get out of 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 Louisville or Kentucky. I mean, even I say that to myself. It's like, why do I still live here? You know, it's <laughs> even at the, the current the current climate and uh, Brianna Taylor and all these things. You know, these horrible things going on. It's like I can't believe I still live in the state, but yeah. you know uh, it's it's such a it's such an affordable place to live as an artist who isn't necessarily depending on the state 
as my support group and, and, and as, you know, as motivation to make art. It's like, because I've been touring since I was 16 and, you know, I, I know, I know the way to, to get out of the city and I, and I can experience things outside of Kentucky, but, you know, being an artist, I believe, you know, and I, and I have some friends also that are, have been artists their entire lives and live in Kentucky and, and have a much more grim perspective on the state, you know, and, and, and just don't have the education from seeing the world, you know, and it's, it's so important to have perspectives from other places outside of the state. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, your, your world and horizons broaden once you, you know, even if it's driving a couple hours away from the city that you were raised in, it's like, Oh, this is a whole, you know, Eastern Kentucky is different than Western Kentucky. Like <laughs> you just start to see yeah. so, yeah. It, it, and yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, something that I find interesting too, with the fact that, uh, you know, when you have such a strong connection with your, uh, you know, family and especially, you know, with your brother and you guys kind of going off on the same path in regards to, you know, your creative expression, but then, you know, more importantly, the, you know, weirdo subcultures that you guys were attracted to. And the fact that it was, you know, at least from your, your brother's uh, description of it, that, you know, your parents were fairly permissive as far as like, they didn't understand it, but they let you guys do what you were, you know, interested in what you were going to do. And it's one thing to allow like the, you know, older brother to do that. But then the younger brother being like, wait, what, what do you mean? You're, you're taking your younger, younger brother on tour. Like, this is really weird. <laughs> so like, yeah. how was your experience with that? Because, you know, since you were younger, there might've been more, uh, I guess, uh, you know, protection <laughs> laid on you because of the fact. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. I think that was the, that was the, for my parents, like they, I didn't have to worry because, you know, up until my early twenties, I was, you know, I was a sober person. I was a straight edge kid, straight edge, hardcore kid. And like my brother was, my brother still is. And they, you know, they didn't really have to worry about us getting into trouble. Cause we really didn't, I mean, you know, we were, you know, we were obnoxious little kids and we were, you know, probably like broke some things we shouldn't have, have broken along our travels. And like, caused a little bit of ruckus here and there, but all in all, it's like we were pretty much like good kids. You know, it, it wasn't, we weren't rebelling. We weren't like out to, to cause any problems with anything. And I think that still kind of holds true into who we are now. Like, you know, still having pretty, you know, strong morals about, you know, just treating treating everyone well and equally and kindly you know it's 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 not a thing that our our you know our folks didn't have to worry about us it was it was clear well into my early 20s and you know and still so it's it's a thing that my father was not as supportive as my mother even though the musical influence was from my father and we had a massive music collection, and you know he's still he's a Beatles mania guy, and and um, but my mother was the one who, you know, put me into art classes when I was ten years old, and you know, I was always, you know, I remember 
getting out of high school and she said, so what are you, you know, what are you going to do? Like, do you want to go to school? What do you want to do for your career? That, you know, that conversation that I feel like most mothers have with their kids that, you know, and she was a full-time teacher and retired and, you know, she was very smart about everything she did, you know, very well mapped out and stuck to it. And, you know, I remember saying, I don't know, I, I, I thought about teaching and she immediately was like, do not teach. I've been in a classroom <laughs> my entire life and I just, I just want you to know, do not teach. I don't think you will be happy. And, you know, I said, well, I was just thinking about playing music and, and making art. And she said, I think you should just keep doing that. And if it's, it's, it's what is bringing you joy in life, you should just focus on that. And, you know, that's, I think that kind of also steered me in this way of not being a careerist, even in my art, you know, and not, not being so concerned about the success of my art and mostly just focusing on creating the things that, that speak to me. Band merch is my obsession and rockabilia.com is the place where I'm able to fuel so many of my late night purchases where I'm like, dude, you know what? I don't have a band shirt on this. Let, let me just go ahead and dive in there. Oh, of course, they've got like 10 or 15 shirts from that particular band. Use this code PC100Words. That gets you 15% off your order, which is essentially me just giving you money, okay? That's just making you you know, richer by buying band merch <laughs> because that's, that's what I like to view what I'm doing as like an investment in my child's future. Of course, I'm going to buy another earth crisis t-shirt. <laughs> Anyways, Rockabilia is an amazing independently owned business out of the Midwest. They ship to you really fast, great customer service, a huge, huge amount of product for you to dive into, whether it's like long sleeves, hoodies, t-shirts, trust me, the website is super fun to just poke around in, and then all of a sudden you're like, cool, looks like I've uh, got all my uh, holiday gifts taken care of. And then plus, I use the code PC100Words, 15% off your order. Boom, done. But anyways, thank you very much, Rockabilia. Please use the code PC100Words. It lets them know that this show sent you, okay? Thanks as always, Rockabilia. And I think that's a really, it's such an interesting point because there are, uh, you know, so many people, well, when I say so many people, like certain people of a certain generation, I think, you know, the, the sea change you started to see happen in the early two thousands and, you know, mid two thousands with, uh, independent music and the idea that like you could make a quote unquote living off of touring with your band. And, you know, like you said, kind of pursue a career, even though it may just be like, Oh, I'm on tour 10 months out of the year. And then I come home and I work at a bagel shop or whatever. Um, yeah, that that idea of being like, okay, the the career opportunities that are explored with playing in bands can sometimes remove you so much from the real world that you have no well of inspiration to draw from because you are literally living uh, in a state of suspended animation. Yes, and that was that was my past three years of my life actually, which was um. When I, you know, when I met, Reed met, free, um, got with my wife, Emma Ruth Rundle, we, I started playing in her band and then we both started touring and I was already picking up on touring, but then it just turned into this thing where I was doing her band and I was doing JHL and every now and then I'd be doing Young Widows and then 
next thing you know, it's like in three years, I was, you know, I was home less than a year in the three years time, you know, and last year it was like 200 shows and, and it, it became, it got to a point where I honestly wasn't enjoying the traveling and the touring. And, and I, you know, I kind of had agreed to do all these things, but in the long run, I look back and I'm like, I would have much rather been writing or creating. And, you know, it's like, that's, why I'm in this is, is to create, it's not really to, to perform as much. It's, I mean, the performance is important, but it, it has, it doesn't have the same kind of fulfillment for me as, as an artist and as a composer and creative person, creative mind, you know, it's sometimes I feel strange calling myself an artist. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> you're like, that's not so pretentious. Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, well, no, I mean, not even like that. It's pretentious because it's it's just like this is just this is just my my character. This is my person. This is like what I've been since I was could grab a pencil. It's like I was drawing. It's it's like right. Okay, I've been creating. You know, it's like I've been a creative thinker my entire life more than I've been, you know, a, a highly educated person in any other. You know, it's just the thing I always latched onto, and, and you know that in itself it just means it doesn't make me feel like like calling there's something about giving yourself a title when it's like this is just who i am it's not like i've i've worked towards being an artist i've just been an artist that's true yeah like it is a um whether or not you were you know self-describing that you know i mean no one's going to do that when they're you know seven eight years old but like just knowing the idea that like no matter what this is going to be a through line in my life Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and so, but it, it's interesting that you, you said. I mean, you know, your, your experience with your, your wife and touring with her, and you know, kind of getting on that, uh, you know, wheel of being gone for so long. I mean, I personally witnessed that with you in you know, breathe or resist, because you know, you guys definitely pushed the agenda pretty hard as far as like, you know, being active on touring and, you know, putting out records and, you know, working with a bunch of cool different labels. Um, and it, it, you know, it never struck me that like, oh yeah, breathe or resist. Like, you know, you guys are trying to be the, you know, next <laughs> cool thing or whatever, but just that idea that you were working really hard at it. Um, but it, I guess it was just kind of the function of being in a band and, you know, keeping that, that touring machine going. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, then, you know, it was, it was kind of, that was my first real venture out working as a musician without my, my older brother also. And it was, there was a thrill and excitement to like, you know, I was kind of, I was the one in charge and I was, you know, I was driving the van and I was booking the tours and I was, I was doing all these things that, you know, I still, I still do now, but at the time it, it was, it was just so exciting and, you know, and meeting, you know, even the national acrobat tours, it's like meeting people like you and meeting people like, you know, Alexis Marshall and, and, you know, people that some are like very close to your friends and some it's like, you know, I might not have talked to you in 15 years, but when I talk to you, it's like, we have this thing that we shared because of that work. And it's not, it's not like about, I made X amount of dollars and sold 
X amount of records. It's like I have these relationships and this life experience. And that that's part of like the success to me of of that work. Sure. Right. It's like, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I think the way that, uh, you know, I've seen people, uh, especially of the, kind of the generation that, you know, we came up in where you view it one of two ways you view it as like, you know, Oh yes. Like uh, I'm doing a band to, you know, just make it last as long as possible, whatever that may mean. And then uh, people, yeah. people like, I mean, personally, I, I will, I identify with what you're saying. Cause I think it's a, a, a collection of experiences. You're like, well, you know, I, this loud screaming band was never going to be like a thing that sustained me from a financial perspective, <laughs> but like the, the ability to, it's like, wow, I can't even believe that I'm here doing this thing because of this dumb band or whatever, but then I'm just going to collect these experiences and these relationships over time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, Still, you know, I mean, I guess I would say now in in my life, it's it's rare that I'm connecting and meeting people in the same way. You know, it's it's less frequent for for reasons I think of of how underground music has changed and age and and all these things that are extremely valid. You know, it's it's like you know, you only have so much room at times or, or I, I personally do. I think if I, I, I kind of like only have so much room to build new relationships, the older I get, which is, which is odd, but it's like, you know, it, it's, it's still exciting to meet new hardworking musicians as it was, you know, in my late teens and early twenties, but it feels, it feels less frequent that I meet those people. If that makes any sense. No. It, yeah, it does. Cause I, I, like you said, I think that the experience overall, ha, you know, from a touring perspective and like all of these uh, behaviors that, you know, even though, you know, in the mid nineties, like the idea of touring was especially for, you know, punk and hardcore bands was still a pretty novel idea. Um, and yes, it was right. And e even still like the idea of tour, you know, when you say it to mo your average civilian, most people are like, Oh, they are like in a bus and stuff. It's like, no, that, never mind. You don't understand. Um, but that's more people have experienced it now than they have in the mid nineties. And it's like, yeah, there definitely is yeah. that, that connective tissue that there's, you just there's, there's don't more. Have. There's more of a there's more of a circuit now, and more of a of a, a you know I feel like there's more bands touring, and there's more things happening. Like, and there's everything's grown so much since then, and you know it's and it's beautiful, and also sometimes it's like it's overkill, you know, but that's the way it works. Yep, for sure. And so kind of reflecting on, you know, you as a, a person, like you said, you know, you were always drawn to, you know, art and, uh, you know, uh, the, the path of you finding out about independent music was, you know, via skateboarding and obviously you and your brother bouncing stuff back and forth with each other. Um, and, you know, you, you and your brother clearly always get bundled together. Um, but you guys are definitely, yeah. you know, you guys are definitely your own two distinct individuals. I mean, for obvious reasons, but at the same time, like there is, um, 
you know, you see a through line between you and there's no way that you would be able to separate the two, but you guys are, um, you know, very unique, even though you're the same, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a better way to describe it, but yeah, I mean, we're brothers, <laughs> That's true. It's, you know, as, as simple as that is, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of like as much as, as much as like we could be as much as we have different from each other, we have that much that's, you know, it's a kinship. It's just like, it's beyond that. It's, it's in our blood to think similar ways, even if we haven't even communicated about something, you know, it's, we have the same, um, electricity going through us that we're born with. So, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's what is, has been interesting. The fact that you've been able to, you know, remain close because sometimes there is that respective idea that not only are you trying to get out of your, you know, parent's shadow and be able to, you know, spread your own wings, but then sometimes when you're linked up with a sibling to be like, oh, like that's their thing. I need to figure out my thing. But like clearly you guys yeah. were able to coexist and not let that swallow one of you. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's but definitely been moments where we weren't as close as as we were and and now it, i mean i feel like we're we're very very close at this point again and it's it's exciting it's exciting to be you know sharing you know sharing his projects and his art and his success and creativity and like and same with mine it's i mean today i i spent most of the day with my brother today working on cuz i've been drawing since the pandemic started it's like a resurfacing of like, you know, something I did when I was younger and I kind of let it go when I started playing music more in my late teens. And when the pandemic started, I'd, I'd actually begun drawing before it hit just because I wanted to stay home and kind of focus more on creativity and, and less on getting in the van and driving and performing, you know, and, and I wanted to change, you know, my habits and my rituals. And, and so that's been a big thing for me. And today I sat with him and he helped me work out selling prints on his website that he runs. And, you know, it, it's just a beautiful thing that I even get to share, not just music, but every artistic aspect of my life with my brother, you know, it's, it's something that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed this when we were kids, but it's, you know, it's, it's just such a incredible relationship that we get to still bounce off of each other and work together and inspire each other. Yeah. No, that's, honestly, that's an ideal relationship. <laughs> Because <laughs> not only not only with a sib- a sibling, but like a, you know a, a partner as well to be able to you know yeah. get get inspired. So that's really cool. Um, like you said, there there was really no question in your mind as you were you know like progressing through high school and kind of the the careerist idea of being like, oh yeah, like yo, I'm gonna be a teacher and you know all that other stuff. Um, it, you know, once you kind of like went down the path of, you know, touring with you know, the national acrobat and started to get out there. Um, you know, was there ever a notion like, okay, like when I return home, I'm going to like, you know, do this or I need to get quote unquote serious. So like I need to have like a job or something like that. How did those things all start to kind of, you know, rattle around in your brain? You know, I was, I was very, 
fortunate as well because when I was, I've only had three real jobs outside of playing music. And, you know, I washed dishes for three months, quit to go on a tour of the National Acrobat, came back from that. I think I got out of high school. Actually, I built trophies while I was in high school at a trophy shop. <laughs> nice. And I quit that to go on a tour with National Acrobat. And then after that, I moved to Louisville from Elizabethtown and worked in a video store for about three months. And that was when the National Acrobat started playing and stopped playing. And I was in between doing bands and I was kind of home more and available. And, and that's, I started working at a screen printing shop and it was all, you know, musicians, you know, Dave Cook, Bone Thrower also worked there. And, you know, he, he's a longtime friend and that was, you know, Dave was a musician in Louisville and, you know, the owner of the business was the drummer in the band, the Metro Shifter. And, you know, I'll, I'll, it was just a support group that could help fuel me making more art. You know, I mean, and, and I, honestly, it's an extension of making art, the screen printing process and, and being, being well-trained at being a screen printer is, is an artistic endeavor. And so that's, that's what I've done. I mean, I still screen print today. I have a setup in my garage and I'd still do that every now and then to get by. And it's, I feel very fortunate that the owner of that business, Chris, he, he, always never once you know i would come i would be barely even available and never once did he say i, I was fired or didn't have a job or you know and, and you know there were moments where he's like maybe you could take over this sometime and you know it's just i i don't really have a business mind you know i, I don't really have like i'm not the kind of person who's going to sit down and do you know, payroll taxes or figure out, <laughs> sure. you know, how to be, I, don't, I just don't have that, the mind to be something other than what I am, you know, and, and I've never, I've never pushed that. I've never pushed that feeling away to make myself, you know, somewhat force myself to do something else. Like it's, it's never been, you know, I, I feel like certain musicians in my life and certain friends that I've had have, have kind of hit like a bottom of it and just said like, you know, I just can't afford to do this anymore. And you know, it's it's a fucking hustle. You know, like playing music is 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 a hustle. It's hard work. It's harder work than a you know forty hour a week job. And but I've just you know I've just never lost the passion for what I'm doing and and the idea of of letting go of that feeling to me, just, it, I don't know if it will ever make sense. You know, uh, clearly it won't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You've, you've already, you've already set that path pretty, uh, pretty, pretty far down the road there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get that. And I, I think just the, you know, that it, that's the idea of like, you know, building your life around something where it's just like, well, yeah, like I'll figure out a way to do this as long as I'm doing this, you know, as long as I'm able to be creative, I'll figure out the other stuff. Like, you know, am I going to be, you know, 
having this, uh, you know, whatever sports car, 401k, all these other things that, you know, people are striving for. It's like, no, but that is a decision that I've made and that's what I'm yeah. comfortable in. Absolutely. It's like, you know, I mean, I may never have a savings account, so, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> I do have all of the records and all of the art that I've made. And, you know, that's, that's more important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you got those. Uh, you got those test presses that uh, you know. Times get really tough, then you sell those on eBay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's true. Yeah, um, and, and so it might make that happen. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's uh, but it, it's funny that you're saying you know like I don't have a business mind about myself. Um, you know, like you, but you know, you were the person in you know, and you still are the person, like you said, in you know your musical projects that you've done. You know past uh you know the the stuff that you did with national acrobat you know from young widows and breed resist and obviously what you're doing now um so so i guess how do you get into the mode to be able to kind of handle the business side of the bands to be able to understand like i I know you understand what to do but like uh you know if you're not good at it i i guess why do you do it i mean besides the fact that the band needs to exist or whatever i mean i do it because it allows me to keep making art you know, it's, it's, it's always just kind of, a. you know, I mean, it's internally at times complete total chaos and panic mode to figure out a way to continue to do this. And, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, thinking positive thoughts and thinking of like, you know, being mentally sound and and mentally capable and physically capable to do the art at any time. And that's, that's kind of my, my end all be all, like always being prepared for whatever may come to create. Sure. Right. And I I think that is sometimes people don't have the ability to, you know, I guess function on that level of like, Oh yeah, I got to, you know, book the shows and, you know, get paid $200 for the show or whatever. Like some people can't even, you know, muster up whether it's the courage or the fortitude or whatever to be able to even do that. But, you know, it's cool that you're able to, I guess, you know, march forward with that, knowing the fact that like, Hey, if I do this, I will then in turn be able to, uh, get, you know, get more art out there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the idea. It's like, I mean, you know, the idea of you know touring, excessive touring, is is to the point of you know maybe I didn't need to play those last fifty shows, but the other side of it is if it's monetarily getting me through to pay for my bills and and I can return home and not have to sweat for a few months to, you know, allow myself the time to create. I mean, it's, it's worth it to, to do the tours. It's worth it to, to share those experiences. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I, I completely dislike touring. I'm just saying to a certain point, you know, it becomes, it becomes work and it becomes routine. And, you know, the experience of, when your day is kind of set to how, how well your day is going to be is how accommodating the venue is and how, how good the show is. 
when that way you're when that's what your day is based on, it starts to get a little, you know, it starts to become not very reliable because those things aren't really in your hands, you know, and then the consistency of like, well, we're going to play this city today and it's a very small city and, you know, we have no idea what this venue is going to be like and is the experience for us and the audience, is it going to be capable to connect with them? Is it, you know, is it going to be, is this, is this performance going to be what we would want it to be? You know, it's, it's, it's not as simple as just, getting out there and playing the same show every night because there's so many variables to it. And I mean, and that, and that goes, that goes to say for, for any kind of traveling performance based art, it's, it's, it's at times very grueling and at times the most rewarding, you know? Oh yeah. For, I think you just described tour in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. The, you know, so as you were started to, you know, navigate all of these different, uh, you know, worlds that you were uh, existing in from, you know, the shifting from one band to another and, you know, you continuing uh, along your musical path as far as the, you know, creativity was concerned. Um, there, uh, you know, there, there is that idea that you, you get to a point where, um, not like you feel like you've exhausted your ideas, but like, you know, that the, the musical project comes to a logical end. And it seems like, you know, uh, you know, with, with breathe resist and like to a certain extent, young widows, uh, it felt like you kind of like reached that point. Um, you know, was, uh, am I correct in that sort of characterization or is it one of those things where, uh, yeah, I'm not wrong. I'm not right. I mean, no, I mean, I, I believe that's, I mean, that's something that, is is in my my thoughts about those groups it's a, i kind of reach a point of well i don't know if i want to make a record heavier this heavier than this record or or sure you know like with a breather resist record for example it's like well i really captured this and where do i go from this and you know it's 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 that progression of like well, this is what I'm really interested in. And this is something I haven't explored and would like to explore. And that's similar. It's very similar for young widows as well. It's, you know, which, which I feel like young widows had a, a, has a bit more freedom in what happened with young widows with, with breather resist. we lost our singer and, you know, we, we parted ways with him and with young widows, um, the other guys started families and it became very difficult for them to have the time to do the group. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if they didn't start families, maybe I would still be doing it with us. I, I have no idea. So right. that's, that's kind of, that's how I actually feel about that aspect. Yeah, no, for sure. That, and I mean, with, uh, with breathe the resist as well, like there, you know, I know you guys worked with death wish and Jade tree, but I think if I remember correctly, at one point there was like, you know, uh, other independent labels that were kind of like, you know, sniffing around and being like, Hey, we should work together. Um, was there kind of like a next step for the band in regards to, Oh yeah, we were going to be doing, you know, this, this business relationship moving forward. Uh, there was a, a tour that we had to turn down the, which was, I think it was really tough. It was like a, I believe it was like a Dillinger escape plan and 
big business tour or so you know there's something that was like this really right. epic tour for us at that time in our age and and you know even still of course like if that tour is going on now I would, I would love to do that as jay jail you right, know? right right you're like i'm accepting and that it, yeah and you know it's it's one of those things of at that time it was it was, it was tough to turn down an experience like that and you know i think it's difficult even as people who are involved in your band the business side of it when a band stops existing i think it's it's kind of disheartening to continue to work with artists as well because it feels like you can't depend on them when they are the people who are you know, this is this is their business, and they're depending on you to be available, and they can start working with you, and then you kind of fizzle out. You know, it's 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 a difficult side of of that with ending groups and starting groups, and you know, I've thought about it many times for for those the groups that last, you know, fifty years or something. You know, it's like or or twenty years, whatever. It's it's a thing to me that I've always wanted to do that, and now I am in that place where I I can do that because I don't have to necessarily depend on anyone else to be the, the creative force of the group. Right. Yeah, it's like it's it's solely coming out of you and so you're able to, you know, be able to I guess <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but control Correct. your own destiny a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on it's honestly it's exciting. That I, you know, in that same aspect of just being a little, being able and physically ready to do anything that may come my way. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, when, when you feel it's so funny because, like, even and I'm sure you experience this, you know, because you've definitely played in different, um, you know, variations of you know a three piece band, a four piece band, five piece band. It's wild how much of a difference, like just removing one person from a band does in regards to the creative process, like space in the van. Like it's so weird because you're like, Oh, it's just one person, but you're like, Oh my gosh, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. That's all. That's always the conversation. It's like, right. If we bring a sound guy, two people can't lay down, you know, (laughs) dude, that's, it's huge. It's like, it's something you don't consider it until you experience it the other way. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, that makes a huge difference. This, you know, this, this bunk is now pretty free. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so when you started to, uh, you know, JJL and you started to, you know, make music that we were talking about is more, you know, kind of controlled by your own destiny. Um, you know, you're still being collaborative, but you know, you're the, the main kind of driving and creative force. Uh, was there, uh, I guess, was there any trepidation on your end in regards to the way that people um, would uh, think about the idea of just like, oh, oh, so this is a, uh, this is Evan's new thing. You know, it's like, oh, he's, he's trying this out now. Like he's, you know, he's going to be wearing a cowboy hat now or whatever. Like, you know, just, I'm obviously being, <laughs> you know, I'd be dramatic about it, but just, you know, people yeah. can look at certain uh, pivots and kind of be like, oh, so this is the person that he is now. If they're just looking at it from the outside, uh, was there any kind of, I, I, I mean, clearly there wasn't a fear because you still did it, but was there any kind of uh, thought process with that? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I probably to my 
detriment, like don't really think about what other people think about sure. often. You know, it's 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 a thing like, you know, I, I just I wouldn't say I'm inconsiderate of my fans of of what I make, but I I would say that it's it's just what is is pleasing me at that time and what's coming out and what's surrounding me and you know what my influences are at that time and it's you know to me and in my mind i would never think about even other artists and, and think like that they're trying something out you know it's it's a thing of they're just doing it. It's like they're doing this. You know, this is this is what they're making. This is this is who they are right now. And in two years, they, you know, they might be wearing all white and a, you know, right cap, captain's hat, and that's what they're doing. That's you know, they're not trying anything out. They're just they're doing what's what's bringing them a sense of relief and joy and escape, and and that's that's what's exciting about about life is that you can experiment and do anything and, and find, you know, search, go through the maze of life. And, and if you hit a corner and it feels good, you can just be that corner of the maze. And there's always more places to go and more, more journeys to take, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful thing about being a creative person is, you know, you don't, you know, I didn't reach a point in my life where I thought this is how I'm going to be until the day I die. You know, that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's a mindset that I, maybe many people do. And, and many people are just like, I'm going to go to school and become this, I'm going to be in this profession and I'm going to, you know, tuck my shirt in and I'm going to smile and comb my hair and this is what I'm going to look like and this is who I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to be doing until the day I die but it's that's that's not really that's not the kind of person that I am yeah I, I totally makes sense and I, I think it is I, I think the I mean this is maybe more of a personal preference but I think when people you know like yourself when you've you know traveled and evolved and you know your musical projects have also done the same thing I think it's when people uh, reflexively look back and are just like, oh, what, what I did as a kid like is stupid. Or you know, they, they write off their previous artistic endeavors, even if it is something where it's like, well, yeah, that may have just been a time and a place, you know, but, and you wouldn't be creating that music now, but you shouldn't write it off. And like, I, I, you know, and that's what I admire about, you know, both you and your brother, yeah. the fact that you guys have looked back and just been like, well, yeah, like I'm not playing that, that style anymore, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't important to me. But I think people that kind of like full cloth right off, like, oh yeah, whatever that dumb straight edge hardcore band I played in, like pff, that was just, that was so stupid. It's like, oh, okay. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would, I, I don't, I don't really have any, musical creative regrets. I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing of, it was all very educational and, and very, you know, it, it only gave me more perspective on what I can do, and what I'm capable of. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still 
traveling and seeing things and experiencing things that are great influences. And, you know, it's, it's, it just feels narrow to just subscribe to being a certain type of person, you know, where like we all have our, our characters and, and we all, you know, there's, there's things that are undeniably will stick with you regardless of your interest. And, and, you know, everything I've created up until now, I mean, I feel very, very fortunate and, you know, I adore my old bandmates and, you know, everyone I've ever worked with. And, you know, all of it is just like a part, a part of me through and through. And, you know, and, and the older I get, honestly, the more I appreciate those experiences. And I'm not nostalgic per se, but, you know, I I would say even more so in the pandemic, I've been a little more nostalgic than I used to because I can't make as many new experiences with creating music and traveling. And, but, you know, it's, it's great to think like, you know, I, I made I made this this music that I I as an adult I still love when I was I made this music when I was sixteen and then in my twenties to be like, you know, I made I think one of the heaviest records I could possibly make in my lifetime, you know, for noise rock guitar music that I was obsessed with at that age, and you know, and and so on, and then. Young Widows, similar thing. We, you know, we explored and experimented so much, and, and now it's just I'm, I'm granted still more opportunities to keep experimenting and creating, and it's 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 great. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, and I think that speaks, you know, directly to you putting yourself out there on you know your newest record because people can look at this and be like what is this weirdo sort of like nick cave tom waits you know post wave whatever like whatever whatever you know music description they can put on it but like i think when you do put yourself out there in a stylistic difference than you know what you maybe have previously done like you're you're even more vulnerable than just being like, oh yes, here's another record that is, you know, yes, a progression, but not um, something that is like going to, you know, really uh, reinvent a listener's wheel about their perception of what I'm doing. So uh, I'm going to guess that that is kind of the, you know, the, I, I wouldn't say fear, but that's kind of the, the step that you take out there to, you know, expose yourself and kind of be like, well, there's this uh, weird record I did on my phone on tour in Europe. So uh, hopefully you like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you know, there's not. I mean, there's there's an there's a part of my mind that's like, well, I hope people like this, but you know, the, the other side of it is like that's that's not really my train of thought. I mean, I, I just I just kind of I like it. You know, that's it's a thing that it's always been like I like this, and you know, maybe. I have a, you know, clearly in my experience of being raised in Kentucky and being a working musician my entire life. And, you know, I, I do believe that there are people out there just like me with the same ideas that hear one, want to hear the same things and want to experience the same things in art. And that's, that's what's exciting to me is 
is discovering people that are connecting with with my progression and my creativity and it's not necessarily like i hope you like what i'm gonna do next it's you know it's gonna be surprising you know that's, sure that's, that's not that's not really you know that's not my thought it's it's really just about doing what has been natural and not denying what i'm hearing and what i'm feeling and what what i want to create because i feel like if i was if i was pushing back those desires then i would be doing it for other reasons i'd be doing it to try to make other people happy and other people enjoy my music and that's that's you know not really how i work <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's not that's not your mo um, no, no. The, la- the last two things I want to hit on were the, uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, you know, w- what we were talking about earlier where, you know, I mean, you found a, a obviously a camaraderie with your, your brother, not only familiarly but, you know, musically and everything else. Um, and then, you know, finding your wife who you, you know, you obviously met many years ago and then connected and, you know, toured with her and like having that creative uh, back and forth with her, not only in the relationship, but musically as well. Um you know, some people can kind of look at that and be like, Oh, like, you know, that's sweet. And like, it's cool that they, they do that, that they're able to do that. And I think that some people would look at it and be like, wow, like that's a lot. Like, (laughs) I don't know if like I could handle that or whatever. Um, you know, and and for you guys, it clearly works, but, um, what, you know, how was it kind of like navigating that as you guys were, you know, kind of like reconnecting and both being really creative individuals, was there any sort of like push pull in that? I mean, of course. I mean, it's it's actually. I mean, it's not it's not simple being too dedicated artists. It's it's. I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot in. I think I believe we inspire each other constantly, but the other side of it is that we're you know, there's a lot of you know conversations about business side of things, and there's conversations about, you know, I I, th- I think we're both somewhat in a, in a world where we just want to be able to create, you know, I think we have a similar attitude about like creating the music that, that we want to create and, and being passionate about, about art. And that's, that's the thing that always comes through in our relationship at, at the end of everything. It's, you know, and it's not easy. It's not easy touring the partner and it's you know it's not easy to you know go on tour for seven weeks together and come off a tour and have stress be high and and it's and you get home and you're having post you know post tour depression and you're together and it's like oh god we've just been together and everything's been so stressful and hard and you know it's 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 not as simple and as dreamy as, as one would think. And, you know, some, some probably think and understand and might see that it is difficult to work together and be artists together and, you know, under the same roof and, and the same, um, love light, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Cause I definitely, I mean, I think people think that too with, um, 
you know, if they're, they're playing in, you know, musical projects with, you know, family and all that sort of stuff, or just being like, wait, so you, you, you leave tour and then like, you have to go home with those people. <laughs> you're not leaving tour. Yeah, you're still that, just, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing also with playing music with my brother at a certain point. I, I think when I was younger, I was like, well, I think I might have to not be in groups with my brother because it might actually damage our relationship, you know? And sure. And that's something I learned throughout the experiences. And, and, um, you know, it takes, it takes some foresight and, and patience and caring and communication. And, and that's, you know, out of, I would say most of the struggles, in my emotional and family life and love life, it's communication and being, you know, transparent and honest and genuine. It always gets you through to the next level of, of what will happen next. And, and it always, it always comes through and, and, you know, I'm excited about the future. Yeah, no, that's, that's super exciting. Um, and th- the last thing was the, you know, there are many people that paint the picture of the whole, you know, tortured artist scenario where it's like, you can only create art from pain and, you know, they're, uh, I mean, that's an over dramatization of it, but you know, uh, that most, uh, quote unquote, good art <laughs> is, is created from this, you know, this, this well of, uh, unending pain or what have you. And, you know, clearly you've trafficked, uh, in a lot of the, you know, darker elements in all of your musical projects, whether it's like, you know, the emotions you're feeling and, uh, you know, that, that through line exists, uh, how, how does it kind of ping pong in your head now in regards to, you know, being able to express yourself? Are you, uh, do you find yourself able to pull inspiration from, uh, other sources besides, um, you know, kind of the, the deep dark well, or is it, uh, you know, kind of a combination of all those things? I mean, it's a combination of, of all the things, you know, I mean, with, with prison, with the new album, I, the exciting thing was to kind of go in to these songs that I didn't expect to sing on. And I had no real plan with this record. It was just making the music and collaborating with Ben and just, just making this thing and, and not having any expectations. And then when it was finished, it was, didn't know if I wanted to sing on it. I, I thought of it as more of a film score than I even thought of it as songs. And, and when I went to sing on it, I, I printed out a bunch of lyrics and, and stories and poems and just, just writings from tour and went and just tried to make them fit and, and just would try certain, you know, writing certain blocks of words and just try to make them fit. And it was, it was very unique and exciting to just put actual stories that I don't know if, I think I lean towards the, the darker side of art in general. It's like my entire life. Like I've never seen looking at a skull is as sad or dark. I've, I've, you know, I, I think I see beauty and, and, death and darkness and things that like darkness to me is not what the darkness is to other people. I, I, I don't see that as depressing or, 
or you know, it, it doesn't keep me from living my life to its fullest. It's like I see it as inspiration and joy. And with the new record, it was it was comforting and exciting to do something new with this music and with the lyrics and be able to just tell a story kind of straight through, just roll through the, the musical body and, and get to a short story and, and look back on it. And it's like, I don't know if this is sad or happy or what emotion this is other than a journey. It was just like, something happened and it was interesting you know that was it was just something that was compelling and at the end of it you know, in my mind i was like i don't even know how that worked like how does that even work how did these words come to make this feel like a song it was very exciting and and not something that was thought out and you know i don't know if that answers your question but yeah, no, I, I, it does. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think of things that are considered dark art in our society in our cultures as being dark. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of find the avoiding life. Uh, you know happy joyful side of you know rainbows and unicorns and that kind of shit like to be actually depressing because i think it's avoiding what actually is going on in the world and what is actually valid to consider how important everyone you know each individual life is on this planet it's like you have to understand the dark side to understand the light side yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's what, uh, you know, always really kind of sat in a weird position with me with the, you know, the idea of, you know, PMA or whatever, where it's like, like, yeah. yes, like that, that can exist in your life and you can have that. But then you also need to be able to understand that it's okay if you don't feel like that a hundred percent of the time. And uh, it's, you know, because you need to be able to have both sides in order to have that holistic experience. Cause otherwise like, yeah, you're just living this like, you know, hollowed out version of a life. Yeah, I mean it's it's important, it's healthy to have devastating times in your life, and it's it's not un it's not. Um, I feel like it's more unique to. Uh, well, let me let me think of how to phrase this. It's it's more precious to understand the tragedy and like the hard times and, you know, the, uh, the emotional grieving times and the, you know, the, the things that you think just aren't even possible in life. It's more important to understand and digest those and process those to get to a place where you enjoy everything. It's like if, if you're rejecting all of that in your life and you, you know, it's like, Oh, I can't believe this is happening. This is so shocking or, it's like that idea to me is just gullible and you have to expect and understand and, and grow to, you know, accept the, 
the tragedy in the world and, and learn from it and, and progress and move forward. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree. Well, uh, Evan, I could obviously talk to you for another hour or so, but, uh, you know, I think we'll just, uh, have to have to do that at a separate time, but <laughs> I appreciate you, uh, yeah. Walking, walking me through all these, uh, you know, <laughs> somewhat convoluted questions, but you, you handled them, uh, quite well. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. It's good to talk to you again, Ray. Yeah. Likewise, man. That's my boy, Evan. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Evan. And thank you very much. As always, to a good friend of the show, Stephanie Marlowe, who uh, does PR for a ton of great bands and actually was a previous guest of the show and uh, has just been, you know, a, a great friend of mine for many years. And uh, I love it when she brings me ideas and is like, hey, do you want to talk to Evan? I'm like, of course I do. I have not spoken to him in many years. So that's what we got this week. Next week, this is a deep cut. I'm not going to lie. This was like a, a real selfish ask on my end because, uh, I, I frankly, I don't think anybody remembers this band except for, you know, maybe about me and about 15 to 20 other people. But uh, this is the drummer of a band called Die My Will, Jeff Melkars. Um, Die My Will was an unbelievable band who actually just recently reissued a recordings that I didn't even know existed on Blasphemer Records. And uh, after listening to them, I was like, dude, this band is so weird. I got to talk to somebody in the band. Through the magic of Twitter, we were able to make it happen and Jeff came on the show. So that's what I got next week. If you are a fan of Metallic Hardcore of of the mid to late 90s, this episode is absolutely for you. So that's what we got next week. And until then, please be safe, everybody.